What's up, everybody? Josh and Jay back with the podcast, America is Blue. Uh, an exciting match day four. Uh, a little bit to unpack here. A lot of uh, a lot of goals at uh, match day four today in Qatar. A very interesting uh, time if you had the, the opportunity to tune in. Um, we had a, a lot of Blues uh, taking the pitch today uh, for their nations. Uh, starting with the uh, with the early games all the way through the afternoon games. We'll, we'll hit them all today. But, uh, you know, Jay, per usual, you get the first word around here. What did you think about uh, match day four, man? Buddy, man, it's the World Cup. It's great. You know, even let's go back to match day three. You have Saudi Arabia taking down Argentina. Who would have seen that coming? Now you got Germany going down to Japan. I mean, this is what it's all about. You just you make your way into the tournament. You bring your best squad. You see what you can do against the big boys. And it's been awesome. I love the World Cup. It is the biggest, baddest sporting event in the world for a reason. Uh, you know, it's it's the Super Bowl times 10. Uh, and as we get closer and closer to the uh, knockout stages, it only gets uh, more and more exciting as the stakes get higher. But, listen, it's um, also it's a know, good excuse when dealing with the wife to just be like, hey, listen, this happens once every four yeah. years. So if I'm going to wake up the two-year-old to go watch a game at 5 a.m., yeah. like, please forgive me. Once every four I years. Mean, what are you, what are you going to do? And it, and it is, it, it's amazing. 5 a.m. kickoff, you get an 8 a.m. kickoff, an 11 a.m., and then a 2 o'clock. I mean, it's just unbelievable. What a, what a world we're living in right now. So uh, speak, speaking of 5 a.m. games, uh, we, we did have Hakim Ziyech uh, suiting up against Croatia uh, and Mateo Kovacic. Uh, unfortunately, a, a nil-nil draw, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, we'll – We'll touch base on the guys. I don't know how much of it uh, you saw. I did not see a, a ton of it, but um, I do know Kovacic couldn't go the full 90 because uh, we, we know he's had, had some knocks. And um, obviously, uh, Hakeem wasn't able to create or or put anything past someone. Yeah, this was, it was a snoozer. <laughs> there wasn't oh, yeah. much to see in this game. Uh, I think there were very few chances created. Croatia dominated the midfield, kept control of the ball for most of it. Not much to bring up when you have a nil-nil draw. And, you know, again, there were no shining moments, I think, for for either of the two boys. But nonetheless, good to see him out there in their country's colors. Oh, yeah. No no doubt about it. Um, but uh, th- there was some action in, in, in the other games. Uh, that is that is without a doubt. Um, you know, moving on to the, to the Germany game, we had Kai suiting up, of course, Leading the line, and and that was the that was the thing that we both talked about. I was like, God, man, we just keep getting it wrong in terms of where we think people are going to be, you know, playing and what they're doing. I was really surprised to see him in the in the position that he was in, uh, not 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 someplace either deeper, uh, or 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 perhaps in a in a wide position, but uh, nonetheless, he he did get the start, and uh, he did he did not do much when it's all yeah, said would- and done. Yeah, I was shocked. I thought that they were going to invert him and Tomas Mueller, play him up top. Um, listen, the other thing that I was that I was surprised about is you know we talked about Germany as a as a preview about being so direct, so efficient. They they didn't play that way today. They they looked a lot more like a reserve side. There was a lot of kind of that same meaningless passes. This is not the same Germany team that we saw over over uh, with Joachim Lowe. And um, it was good. You know, Havertz didn't do much, but I did like seeing our old friend Antonio Rudiger out there. I do miss that man quite a bit. He's a he's stalwart awesome. on the back line. And awesome. I do miss him. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, great game, great game, nonetheless. So. I mean, you got to give shouts out to uh, the Japanese side, the Samurai Blues. Um, a tremendously shocking effort, of course. I mean, I, I was as stunned as anybody else, but the goals that they scored were fantastic. It was really well-deserved. Uh, they were not on the back foot. They were really in it from the beginning. Uh, even Germany getting the opener, uh, it, it didn't look like Japan was 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 out of it at any point. Uh, they, they looked really dangerous. They continued to cause problems throughout the game. I was super impressed uh, and again, we're starting to see that sort of cohesiveness with the Japanese, that really team-oriented style of play, and them having success against a world powerhouse. And it's not as though the Germans are not known for being organized. Uh, and the, the Japanese, in a lot of ways, uh, beat them at their own game. In Japan, they're... They're kind of known for this. They are a well-organized squad themselves, and they've made some interesting runs in, in international comps in the past. Uh, this was obviously surprising to me. I think it was surprising to everybody to see them come out on top. And you're spot on. The goals were crackers. Uh, oh, they man. had they had Germany on their heels, and the left side of their defense has some explaining to do because they didn't do particularly well. So. I don't know if we're going to see some adjustments there, but I feel like this was a stylistic shift from what we've seen historically for, for Germany to whatever they're running out there now, but all props to Japan. And I think this is, this is testimony, right? Like we see what Saudi Arabia was able to do against a, you know, one of the favorites for this tournament. Germany has fallen off a little bit. I think they're ranked 11th in FIFA world rankings uh, from where they typically are, but they are a Titan of international football and Japan comes out there and doesn't just scrap one out. Like doesn't you know keep it close and muck the game up, but they went after him, banged in the two goals, and all of a sudden, boom, they got their three points. So let's hope that there's maybe a little bit of this magic bottled up for the tail end of our conversation for our boys in red, white, and blue. Mm, we'll see. But I mean, again, th- I mean, this was deliberate. This this was not uh you know two sloppy goals or weird penalties or no. or or random uh you know random acts of kindness by by a goalie or or a player uh it just you know this was this was them going out and and taking it to to the germans so you know again shouts out to the to the samurai blues um they definitely deserved the win today i was i was definitely shocked but man they were they were really impressive so congratulations to them uh that's one that their their fan base will remember for a really long time um and then Moving on to uh, you know some of the some of the later contests. I don't know if anybody tuned into Spain, but uh, if you're if you're gonna pray for somebody tonight, pray for Costa Rica uh, and their fans because uh, the Ticos really had it taken. You know they they got they got their clocks cleaned. There's there's no other way to 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 describe it. A seven nil shellacking uh, to the hands of of Spain and. Uh, Man, that was one of the biggest beatdowns I've seen in sports in a long time. Yeah, that was total domination. And again, yeah, we, we did not think Dave was going to get many minutes. Dave gets the start no. in that game. So as P, what do we know, dude? The just the quintessential blue. <laughs> like, there's not one person who roots for Chelsea that doesn't absolutely love that guy. Uh, but he didn't have to do very much today. I like I love no. how the World Cup no. right now, how they're they're uh, reinterpreting what possession means. And giving this miscellaneous category, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. certainly, certainly uh, 
benefited Costa Rica today because I think if they actually calculated that the way that they do for most matches, Spain would have had like some like 90% possession of the ball in this game. They and had a thousand they, passes. They had over a thousand, thousand passes. passes. I mean, completed, unbelievable. Right? They just, this was a railroading. And in this game, man, dude, we had actually across the board in the afternoon games, we had a ton of X blues out there. You know, yes. Alvaro Morata gets his goal in this game. Mm-hmm. And then obviously in the last game, we basically had an entire team of X blues going for Belgium. Yeah, and un- unfortunately, some some of the well, some of some of the Belgians had run their course. But uh, I saw De Bruyne actually came away with a man of the match performance. I thought he was really flat. I thought he was borderline poor, especially by his standards. Uh, I thought De Bruyne did not look very good, and uh, you know, unfortunately, Eden Hazard is a shell of himself um in, in reality now it, it was really a almost a, a shame i almost felt bad for him um but it was great to great to see him at least uh getting out there you know again in a, in a major competition for his country and you know he uh he, he still deserves his place out there but man there were some situations today where the old head and Eden hazard takes people on is going to be dribbling right at people and you know wreaking havoc all over the place but that man is is gone and uh it's it was sad to see yeah, I mean, his, his legs have been just taken from him. That that explosiveness that we're used to seeing, him being able to just run through a team and make guys just look silly on the way to the net. You're right. The, the, those days are, are gone. I don't think he's ever getting that back. Uh, again, love seeing him out there. I love seeing – I see plenty of KDB. It's good to see Thibaut Courtois. And the Mysterio man, Michi Batshuahi, who, again, comes up with a big goal. Um, I was actually happy I didn't have to look at Romelu Lukaku, so that was fun. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, to Eden Hazard, just a, a couple of years, just a couple of years removed from being one of the most dynamic men in the sport, and just so many of those fouls, so many of the lower leg injuries just took its toll. And yeah, he's just he's grinding out there in neutral. There's no drive. Yeah, I I, I felt terrible. Um, and and you know, shouts out to Tibor. Thibaut Courtois, huge save uh, on yeah. the on the penalty, and he had a, he had a couple of other saves. He you know he he played extremely well, and Mitchibat Swahi. One of the things about him, even though he was kind of up and down with us, he is a clean striker of the ball. He always seemed to hit the ball really cleanly. That was one thing I always noticed about him, and that was an amazing take. Uh, you know, hitting it off the half volley and uh, really putting his his foot around it. And, you know, was very, very well executed, completely against the run of play. But, uh, you know, getting away with a, a, a bit of class from uh, from Michi Batshuayi, he was huge for, for Belgium. That's going to be a lift in the tournament. I really don't think that they're true contenders. I just don't think that they have the engine in the uh, in the midfield. And without the explosiveness of, you know, what was Eden Hazard on the wing to threaten, uh, like he was in 2018 when he was more at his peak. Uh, I just don't think Belgium can really threaten long-term. Yeah, I think th- their time has passed. <clears throat> it, it looked like there was going to be a golden age for Belgium for sure. with a lot of the young guys that they had. Their back line is like, what's the average age of their back line? they got to be like 35 years old. The and average guys, age Alderfeld, is old. Those guys have been out there forever. So I feel like they're, they're leaky on their back line. KDB is the man. I mean, he can completely dominate and take over a game if he wants to. I'm assuming that they're going to advance out of the group stage. I think that's more than likely going to happen. But when they go up against big boys, do you play Eden Hazard over 
Troussard, I, I think you need somebody oh, out I there mean, who's going to be able to, you know, run and do some things on the offensive end. I, I don't know if we're going to see them start Eden Hazard once we get to the knockout stages. Yeah, I mean, and Telemans was kind of a no-show today, too. He 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 really did not do anything of note either. Uh, he was taken off relatively early. I think he was, he was the first sub off. Well, so. With him, he does one of two things. He either cracks a goal like a howitzer <laughs> from, you know, like 50 yards out, or he does absolutely nothing. It's feast or famine yeah. with that guy. So For, for sure. Agreed. Uh, all right. So I mean, all in all, I guess nothing, nothing crazy to report from the individual blue contributions no. uh, to the, to the outcomes of the matches today. Nonetheless, all all of them being extremely exciting. And then uh, looking forward to tomorrow, Thanksgiving in the United States of America. Thanks, happy Thanksgiving to you, Jay. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there listening to all your families. I hope you all have a, an amazing holiday in the United States. Uh, we have a five a.m. kickoff with uh, Switzerland with uh, Dennis Zakaria. And then uh, Thiago Silva will be kicking off with uh, Brazil at 2 p.m. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll see if I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow on Thanksgiving <laughs> to watch Dennis Sicari. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm not going to do that. I love uh, you, Dennis. Yeah, we love you, but I don't know. I need, I need, some, <laughs> I need my Zs. Uh, I'll probably catch the Thiago Silva you know, game with Brazil. I'm excited to see them play. Just They play such an entertaining, beautiful style of football. It's a, it's a joy to watch no matter what, so... Another uh, another round of fun tomorrow. Yeah, well, the uh, the games are fast and thick, and it's and it's awesome. But uh, let's cut to the chase now yes, uh, and focus in on the brightest lights of all. I mean, I it's here. It's coming up on Friday, two p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The United States versus England in the World Cup. Uh, it is amazing to be a part of this now getting a chance to see it all i'm extremely nervous uh but i think that we have a an outside chance here if we show up and play like we did in the first half of the uh of the wales game now we just need to really multiply that times two and multiply that times two halves of football well it wasn't you know a couple hundred years ago that you know, some colonists decided to go up against a juggernaut and beat up on some redcoats. They had to be tactful with how they did it. And so we've seen a couple of huge upsets in this tournament already. So why uh, not us? Josh, stealing your line. Why not us? All right. My prediction, I'm going with England. We'll get there. But you know, I, I think the most important thing here, in order for us to get out of this group, I really think it's going to come down to goal differential. What we can't mm-hmm. have happen is a 6-2 shellacking or a 5-1 or a 4-0 shellacking. We have to try to find a way to keep this thing close and not just get wiped off the score sheet. Because uh, I don't think we have the goal-scoring prowess to go up against anybody and put up a very big crooked number. So goal differential is going to be key as far as where our tournament ultimately goes. And I really think that we need to take a more measured approach to this fixture than we did to the last one because i don't think that we'd be able to survive playing with a high line full press against england they just have too much class and too much talent especially in their midfield to be able to break through that and then they're off to the races so i'm kind of hoping that we play more defensive minded like i want to see a very packed box defensive first half 
And hopefully with doing so, if we can start to frustrate these guys, that gorilla that's on their back to be able to go far in these tournaments and not be a disappointment to their fans starts to weigh in. And then, assuming that happens, then we can go out and we can start to strike in the second half. So that's what I am hoping for. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be a tough workman-like performance in order for us to win. Uh, I really think it's going to be paramount for us to keep a clean sheet as difficult as that uh, task is going to be to accomplish. I think that that's got to be our number one priority is to try to keep a clean sheet. To your point, uh, organization, work rate are going to be absolutely key. Uh, making sure that we have our shape correct and that uh, we're not caught caught out ball watching. Uh, that being said, I did you know talk about the collective market values between the the you know the the two teams that are going to be going out onto the pitch on Friday. Uh, you know the English team collective value, I believe, is it's definitely north of of one billion pounds. It's in the one point two one point three billion pounds area, and you know the United States is somewhere between two fifty and three hundred million uh, collective value. So we've got a a billion dollars, uh, you know, on the pitch on top of us, and we've also got all of their talent coming from the Premier League. I think that there's actually, yeah, Jude Bellingham is the only guy in the starting 11 who plays his football somewhere else. But we have Premier League talent too. And we've got guys who have who have been, you know, playing against these guys in the Premier League all season, you know, for the past couple of years. So hopefully we have the type of guys like Tyler Adams and Brendan Harrison and Christian Pulisic and Anthony Robinson and Tim Ream that have seen these guys they know what to expect, and we can show some spine, show some backbone, show some fortitude, and put out the best performance of their collective careers and get a result. Yep. Beside the massive difference in overall talent between these two squads, you know, obviously playing up the underdog role, I'm sure that's what Greg Berhalter is going to be screaming in, in the in the locker room. Um, my, my biggest concern is fitness and stamina. Because we, we saw a lot of our guys who've been coming off of injuries start to putter out in the second half against Wales. Whereas on the flip side of this, exactly to your point, we have guys who play regularly in the Premier League. These guys have been playing significant minutes, are in tip-top shape. That's a huge difference here. So I think one of the keys of this as we get into the second half, especially if, by God, if we have the if we are able to get out to an early lead in this, if we somehow bang in a goal, however that might happen, we are going to have to be Johnny on the spot with our subs. Like we can't wait like we did against Wales for guys to be limping around 100%. the field. Like get even if we're taking a little bit of a drop in talent, get fresh bodies on the field because we cannot allow. You're right. We need to put in a workman shift here for every guy on the field. Sub in, sub out. There's a lot of subs we have available. Make good use of them and get fresh legs on that field as much as you possibly can. I mean, it's the number. It's the number one thing. And and because you did, you you hit hit the nail on the head. Our fitness levels are not commensurate with some of the other squads that are coming in with better players, and they seem to be in better shape and in better form. So there's a couple things going against us. But like I said, we've got talented players ourselves who are playing in the same league we gotta make sure that we can step up in the premier league we we know that it's one of the few leagues in the world where you know a bottom 18 19 20 can beat a top side 
on any weekend because the, the, the talent is there. These guys don't get to this level by accident. So hopefully these guys can show up and, and show out. Um, sure. As far as, as, as the blues, we got suiting up, uh, obviously we have, uh, our boy Mason Mount and, uh, Raheem Sterling, most likely going to be in the 11 for England. Christian Pulisic, I'm sure is going to be getting the start for the United States. So we'll have, uh, three guys out, out on the pitch, uh, I would expect a big performance from all three of them being being huge contributors uh, to to any outcome. Um, that being said, I'll give you the uh, first word on the predictions. Or are we doing lineups or are we going straight into predictions? Oh, well, yeah, if, if, if we're going to do lineups first, uh, let's do that. What what what's your what's your back for for uh, for for England? Well, well for. I went with a four-two-three-one for us. So okay, I, I've, I've got Matt Turner in the net, of course. I went with the exact same back line. The only one that I had so Robinson, Reem, Zimmerman, and Dest. I had a question with Serginio Dest because again, he looked a little bit off the pace against Wales. Um, but when we brought DeAndre Yedlin in, he looked far worse. So I didn't yes. know who else we could possibly turn to there that could make an impact out as a you know, as a fullback. So I, I stayed with Dest. I'm hoping that a couple of days of rest and getting some minutes under his belt, he'll be able to come out a little bit sharper. I mean, agreed. I think it's going to be key to keep the cohesion. I think even though Walker Zimmerman had the hiccup, he made the mistake uh, against Wales. He's still our best presence in there. You got to yeah. you got to stick with him. I really liked what Tim Ream did by and large. His uh, cohesiveness with Anthony Robinson, his his teammate at Fulham. You got to keep that together. And I definitely think Des just needs to get in rhythm. He's much better on the ball at this point in his career than DeAndre Yedlin. So you got to stick with that same back four. Yeah, I agree. All right. So my defensive midfield, I'm hoping that Musa is healthy. I'm hoping that he was just tired at the end of the last game because if he is healthy, I want him in there and Tyler Adams right next to him. I mean, is there any other way to go? Uh, I think that is there. There are two best players right now, uh, overall in terms of the impact on the team. Uh, those two guys have to be on the pitch, especially to your point. If Moose is healthy, uh, Tyler Adams, the linchpin of every single thing that we're doing, both uh, you know on the de- defensive side and and starting our offense. So uh, completely agree with that. And moving up, I have Pul- Pulisic, I have Aronson, mm-hmm. and I have Gio yes. Reyna. I want G- Gio Reyna's got to get out there. Right. If we're going to have a chance to, if we are going to score an early goal, if we are going to be able to get out on the front foot, we need what that guy brings to the table. I want Aronson in there because, again, we need somebody who can actually take some corners and do something on some set pieces, and that'll set up who I'm starting up top once we get there. Well, and here's the other thing. He's fit as well. He's been playing a ton of minutes in the Premier League, and he's a guy who, again, is playing against these guys every week. Give me the Medford Messi uh, you, you know, playing a, a traditional number 10. And I totally agree with you. I like the back four. I like those two in front of the four. And when you got a kid like Gio Reyna and the talent that he, that he has, you got to get him. You got to put your best horses out on the pitch. Uh, the Pulisic is the only choice on the left. And I would love to hear who you have up front. Where I do think England is a bit sus, it's with their center backs. Harry, yes. Harry Maguire, he does play... I guess you could say he plays a little bit better for the three Lions than he does when he's not playing for, for Man United. But 
Um, I want somebody who's big and imposing in there. I also think that we need another big body in there for when we're dealing with set pieces on the other end. So although I love my boy Tim Weah, I think he could be a good sub in this game. I'm going with Haji Wright. I want a big target man up there, and I want somebody who can help us break pressure. I want somebody who can do a little bit of hold-up play. So I want the big boy up top. Dude, I went with Haji to start. You know, he he was my he was my choice to start the opener against Wales. Uh, we went with Josh Sargent. I hate, dude. This is the first time we've ever had the exact same lineups for you know any hey. team this call. But literally, we do it. We have the exact same lineup. I'm going with Haji for all those reasons. He was the guy that's in the best form. He's scoring goals in, in Turkey. He is a big presence. He can run at you. We need to cause these guys any kind of problems that we that we can. Uh, I don't think Josh Sargent is the guy that we can start to do this. He's he's a big guy who can get a poacher's goal, maybe get him in at the end of the game. I think Josh Sargent could have more of an impact at the end than he can at the beginning. But uh, yes, I completely agree with that. I love the selection of Haji Wright. Get him in between those two center backs because uh, John Stones can be suspect as, as well. Uh, he can get caught out on the ball. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I think if we if we do start Sargent up there, I think that there was a shout to, for, for playing Tim Weah up front. And I kind of toiled with it, but I wanted the big body and I wanted somebody who's going to be able to be a threat to Harry Maguire and John Stones. I think if we do play Sargent, he's just going to get swallowed by those guys. And it's not about the gulf in talent. It's just you're talking about two big imposing guys. I don't know if Sargent really has it to bang with them, and I don't think you're going to get that poacher's goal where he just kind of throws his body in the box and somehow it bounces off of a knee yeah. and goes in. I don't think we're getting that. So I want somebody up there who's going to cause him some problems with his physicality. And listen, Harry Maguire's been known to do some pretty stupid things in the box. If he has yes. to go ahead and tussle with a big-bodied man, listen, I'll take a PK all day. Whatever we need to do to get up on the board, I will happily accept. Well, and here's the other thing. If you've got a way up front or something like that with Haji, right? It's an excuse to give service. You know, yeah. if you, if you get Pulisic wide, let him whip one into the box. Same thing with Gio. Gio is great at, you know, d- you know, delivering from outside the 18, yeah. uh, hard and low, create problems. Cause that's how you create own goals as well. Uh, yeah. just creating danger, creating urgency in the six yard box. That's where we need Haji, right? He needs service in there, so completely agree with you, man. All right, so score predictions. What do you got? What do you got going on there? What's your final score? Uh, that that being said, <laughs> I think it's I I think it's going to be three one England. I don't think that we have the talent. Hopefully, we'll be holding on. Um, if we are going to get a result, it's definitely going to be something in the one-one range. Uh, and if it were, uh, if we were somehow able to win, I think it's because we kept a clean sheet. Um, I think that's the only way we could we can really win because I think if if England scores one, they score multiple. Uh, it's going to be a matter of can we hold on? Can we stay competitive? Uh, you know, Iran, despite being undressed, still did put two past England. So it's not impossible to score, but we know how much they hate us and how badly they want to embarrass us. So let's see if uh, if we're up to the task. Yeah, we're going to have opportunities out there. It's a matter of whether we'll actually finish them. And that's one of our issues is that we can't we don't we're not as consistent as we should be 
is when the opportunities are put up there on a platter with just banging that thing home. So, yes, with all this positivity and all this energy into the lineup, and I, we're going to lose 2-1. 2-1. Oh, wow. But that's nice. Only, only two, huh? Only two. I think, I think that we know that we can't allow them to run away with it. We cannot allow that. So whatever it's going to take to be able to muck this game up, pack the box, and keep them frustrated, let, let make them break us down. Like make I want them as frustrated as possible, nil-nil going into halftime. That's the dream. And then from there, maybe you can get something done in the second half and start to press forward a little bit. But I want this thing ugly, dirty, chopped down. I don't care how many yellow cards are distributed. Like I want the England players going into that locker room at halftime frustrated. And if we can do that and we can keep it close, then we at least have a shot. But if they come out there and they start banging goals past us, it's going to be a really long day. So I'm hoping that this is the message and that we are going to go ahead and do everything we can to keep the goal differential within arm's reach because we're going to play Iran and that's going to be a different mindset, right? There's geopolitical stuff there. Do you think that Iran's going to lay down like they did against England to us? I don't think so. I I don't think so either. So, and and we we don't score that much. So we're going to need to keep this thing close, do what we need to do against Iran and then hope that Wales gets demolished by England. Well, because here's the other thing. If we lose to England tomorrow, England advances. And is England going to be motivated to go out and really kick ass against Wales uh, if they've already advanced you know, to the knockout stages? I know you, you want to you win the group, but hopefully, uh, hopefully that doesn't play into our uh, well, against us either. So there, there's, a, there's a lot at stake here. And, uh, I mean, this is the biggest game in the U S in, you know, the past 15 or 20 years. So, uh, we better show up and we better show out. Nothing else to say. Wouldn't it be beautiful if we somehow come away with this thing for, you know, the the win is the dream, but if if we can even just get away out of this with a draw and then put England in the position where they have to turn up against Wales, that's a huge win for us also. So there's a lot on the line here. Oh, I mean, if we can get a result out of this, it would be incredible. We we have a great chance of advancing out of the group. If it's us versus Iran, go out and win it, and you control your destiny, I like that. I could live with that for sure, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So uh, everybody have a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, en- enjoy your, your World Cup uh, Thursday, your World Cup Friday. Jay and I will be back uh, for a for a post game review on Friday night. We look forward to uh, hopefully talking about a U.S. victory. Until then, everybody enjoy your holiday, and we'll uh, talk to you on Friday night. Happy Thanksgiving, all.